to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh-huh, uh-huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it like Biggie tried to do, and saying, no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666. You can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Church services should be about worshiping God and fellowshipping with what? Like-minded believers. The ecclesia is the set-apart group of people that believe Jesus is Lord. And God's word is the source of what? Supreme validity. That means that's the valid source of everything, the word of God. So those of us that believe that, we try our best to line up with that so that we can, and, and that makes us all like-minded believers. Amen? We can have disagreements in here, but none of us are disagreeing on the word because we believe the word is the supreme source of validity. Amen? So what the word says goes. The word will end arguments. Amen? What the word says goes. So that's what we do. So we come in here to worship God and the fellowship with people that believe like we believe. That's what the ecclesia is. The church was never meant for sinners. <clears throat> Amen. That is, a, that is a lie. That's new age doctrine. This is not where sinners belong. Don't let nobody tell you that. The homosexual. See, they belong. No, they don't belong in here. And there ain't no gay. Don't nobody gay belong in here. These are believers. Ain't nobody fornicating, committing a All that, none, none of that belongs in here. We're in here trying to line up with what the word of God says. Amen. And we're growing. We're all growing, but we're like-minded in our efforts. And we understand that we're not in here trying to practice sin. We're in here to be delivered from it and to live like we're supposed to live according to the word, according to the scriptures. Amen. That's what church is. People want to open it up to everybody because everyone has money. So anyone with money can come. Maybe they'll hear something one day. No, you don't let a rotten apple sit up in there. That's what Paul said. One bad apple will spoil the whole bunch. Amen. One mad sissy is going to bring some more. Amen. Let, let one sissy keep coming as a sissy, and you're going to have more than that. Amen. One practicing homosexual. One practicing. Amen. Amen. So we, no, we, we in here trying to operate in deliverance that we have overcome these things or we are actively working to overcome these things. Amen? To die to the old man. That's what we're in here striving to do. Acts 2 and 44. And all that believe, according to the Bible, in the first church were together and they had all things, what? In common. So everybody was on the same page. We all believe the same thing. We had all this in common and that's what made them a church. There were no non-believers in the first church. Amen? 
The gathering of the saints should not be about us, but it should be about what? Growing in God and exhorting the saints of God. And growing in God, many of us grow on different levels. Amen? And it takes time to grow in God. That's what an elder is. An elder is somebody that is seasoned in the faith, that has walked in the faith over a period of time. Amen? And that's why we honor and respect elders that have been in the faith for a long time. That's why those are the ones you call for, for prayer. Amen? This is the reason why. And the Bible says don't rebuke an elder. That elder has walked in the faith long enough for you not to rebuke him. I don't care what you think. Amen? And that's why you got to honor and respect your parents. Even though they may, may be hooked on some tradition, they've walked in the faith, some of them, longer than you have. So you have to honor that. They're your elder in the faith. You can't just get saved. You had demons yesterday. You saved today, and now you're trying to give them a word. That don't you, we, no. I wish I could get some folks there. Yeah. So your parents, your, you know, your, and, and elders and different ones that's we, we, that are seasoned in the faith. We honor them or we respect them just because of that. And we're all growing, so we come to church to grow so that we can one day be seasoned. So we can lead our homes as a seasoned believer. We can train up our children in the way that they should go. That's why we're all here. So church should be about, or, or the gathering of the saints should not be about us, but it should be about growing in God and exhorting the saints of God. Hebrews 10 and 25. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is. A lot of people use this scripture to basically say that you have to go to church. Well, do I believe you have to go to church? I believe you should go to church. I believe that you should have an active body that you are fellowshipping with. I believe it's very, very important. Yeah, now there may be a period while you're in between churches or whatever that is, but man, if you try to grow in the word and grow in God without any seasoned believers around you, nobody to help you, you're going to go crazy. That's what makes people go crazy. We can't get amens on that. Amen. You go crazy. You, you start hearing stuff, thinking everything's God, and you know, God, he did what? He told me and he what? Showed me and he told me and he told me and he showed me. Whenever somebody always God is showing and telling and telling and showing, I know you ain't around no seasoned believers. I mean, seasoned believers don't even talk like that. Amen. Those are babes trying to look saved and trying to look deep. That's, that's who talks like that. Hey, God showed me. God said, Once you grow in the faith, you learn, I don't have to prove nothing to anybody. So I don't have to put God's name before my decisions. Amen. And God didn't tell me. My money told me. Sometimes God don't have to tell you nothing. Your money will speak. It prophesies. Money prophesies. Yeah, your money will tell you exactly what you're going to do. Your money will tell you exactly how you're going to feel and what it's going to be like. Yeah. So a lot of times we need to be around and assemble ourselves with believers as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So what it's saying right there is as we come to this last day and we see the day of the Lord approaching, it's more important at this time to be in fellowship with like-minded believers because you need them more now than ever before. Amen? Because the minute you go on your job, you chastise for what you believe. The minute you open your mouth, you fire. So you need to be around some people that believe what you believe so that you can exhort one another and grow in the faith. Amen? Don't just show up in church and then leave. Get to know somebody. Amen? Get to know a plethora of people. Amen? Don't just get to know people that 
amen you every time you say something. That's what some people do. They got like, they always have like one select friend in the church. Nobody else. There's something's wrong with that. See, I can't get amens on that either. Something's wrong with that. Hey man, you need to spread it around. Hey man, you don't have to agree with everything that somebody, you may not, you don't, they don't have to dress like you and wear the latest, I want to hang out with the people that's fashionable, that's down with the latest Vogue fashions. Hey man, that, that don't make any sense. But you, well, we need the fellowship so that we can balance ourselves out. Sometimes we need balance. Amen. And so that's what God wants, even in here, even as you're fellowshipping and, and being around seasoned believers, people that will keep you balanced so that you don't go off the deep end. Amen. Selfish motives have invaded many churches and church is becoming more about gaining the approval of others than giving our all to God. Philippians says it like this. These people, their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. So they come to church for the wrong reasons, for vain reasons, to gain the approval of others. That's the spirit of religion. A lot of people exchange demon spirits and then they get another spirit and it's the spirit of religion and they think it's God. So that spirit of religion is to make them look holy and make them look righteous in front of other people. But if we're seeking the approval of other people, then we're on the wrong thing. God, you don't use God to look deep. No, you're minding earthly things when you do that. No, we come here and it should be about God. But now the church is getting more and more about getting the approval of, of others. And a lot of people try to gain the approval of others by the way they dress. Many people make a big deal about what is worn to church because they feel it is a mandate of God to be dressed up when we come before him. And this is the scripture that is used. I actually talked to some people because I didn't know what scripture people really use about dressing up. Here's the scripture they use, Genesis 35 and 2. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you, be clean, and what? Change your garments. So a portion of uh, your sacrament of being saved and coming to Christ or becoming a believer meant that you change the way you dress. So when you come before God, you dress better because you're new and you are better in Christ. So that's where this actually came from. So a lot of people now dress up when they come to church and different things. And it's nothing wrong with dressing up. You just don't want to make a difference to other people that may not dress up. Other people that may not have to dress up. Amen. And then uh, people that overdress. Prom dresses in church and all cleavage, just cleavage and everything. Showing too much. Amen. Smelling too good and putting a whole, half a bottle of cologne on. Don't you hate sitting by, I mean, sitting, you got, we got to take the chair and set it outside after service. Go out there and it's covered with bees and wasses. Because you done, you done sprayed half your bottle of cologne. I mean, that's expensive, man. But you just, you got the pump bottle. Hey man, all that cologne, but people do that a lot of times and that's excessive. So we don't want to make a difference between those that may not dress up. And then we don't want to dress in vanity. Amen? The clothing is not at all important to God when we gather together. Can I say that again? Clothing is not at all important to God when we gather together. That scripture had nothing to do with you dressing up for church. But because of church traditions, many are discriminated against and even judged when they do not dress up to the level of others. 
I love this passage. I read it all the time. It has so many meanings. But 1 Samuel 16 and 7 says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the what? Outward appearance. But the Lord looketh on what? The heart. So while you all dressed up and bling blinging, God is looking at your heart. Your motive. Amen. And the person that don't have hardly anything and they're just wearing some, maybe some clothes with holes and whatever, whatever. God is still looking at their heart and he's judging us all by our heart. Amen. Looking good, smelling good and feeling good about it are not sins. Nothing wrong with smelling good. Amen. That's not a sin. That's a blessing. Amen. That's a blessing to smell good. Amen. Don't overdo it though. But it's a blessing to smell good. It's a blessing to feel good. How many of you like feeling good? Amen. You know, you put on an outfit or whatever, look in the mirror, you be like, oh yeah, see you later. <laughs> you feel good. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But vanity is a sin. Oh yeah, they're going to love me today. That's when it's, yes, you just cross the line. Amen. Especially if you're a man and said that. Can I see my muscles through this shirt? That's when it's a sin. Amen. That's when it's a sin. Amen. When you're making your pecs bouncing. Yes. In church. To the music. But Almighty God, he said... That's vanity. Amen. Vanity. And, and it's lasciviousness. Amen. It's lasciviousness. When we are motivated to dress better than others or get the attention of others, then we are being vain and seeking glory that belongs to God alone. Galatians 5 and 26. Let us not be desirous of what? Vain glory. Provoking one another. Envying one another. Provoking means provoking somebody to look at you check you out. Amen. We don't want to be guilty of that. Amen. So we don't want it to be vain glory that we are seeking. So we don't want to be motivated to get attention with what we're wearing. Amen. When we dress, modesty should be exercised at all times. And now we have this problem with men and muscles. Not so much though, but most of this modesty thing is about women. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Amen. Yes, it is. You know when your clothes are too tight. You should be able to judge that. Some old mother shouldn't have to come and wrap you in a choir robe because you just too sexy for the eyes. We should all know. Amen. Especially if you're married. That's what I don't understand. How does a husband let his wife go out like that? Oh, my goodness. But yeah, but they do it. But we ought to know when our clothes are too tight. Amen. Amen, women. Y'all gonna let me preach? Can I, can I? Can I? Amen. Nobody should have to judge you. So, we should exercise modesty at all times. We should examine ourselves thoroughly. Look at somebody say thoroughly. Thoroughly before we leave our homes to make sure we are not exposing ourselves lasciviously to others. Amen. You need to invest in mirrors of all angles and a well-lit room. Do the see-through check and everything. Call somebody. Get some help. 
if your eyesight is not that good. Amen, but don't take a chance. I wonder if they can see through this and then come to church. Oop, I guess they could. What? <laughs> Mod, look at somebody say modesty. 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 I can't get amen to that. No, we, we're trying to keep ABC. I was talking to one of the ladies this, this morning because we got, how many women pregnant in here? Let me see your hand. Look at all, what, 16 women? I thank God for that. That's a blessing. And I was telling the women today, uh, some of them, you know, I was, I was talking to them about being pregnant. Isn't it a blessing to have all of these married women pregnant? There ain't none of them teenagers. Amen. A lot of times in church, <laughs> it's the teenage girls having all the babies. And I thank God for that. That's a blessing. Married women, 16 of them pregnant. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna start prophesying. If this light touch you, look at all the women ducking. Oh, 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 oh. Amen. But yeah, but we—it's we, just a blessing to have. It's a blessing. I am really, I really thank God for it. I, I really do. It's a blessing. But yeah, so it's good. It's good. And so we don't want a bunch of exposing because I guarantee you, a lot of times when these teenage girls are like that, you can tell by the way they dress that they are sexually active. You can tell a lot by what a person is showing you. Amen. Don't ignore the signals. Amen. They're trying to tell you something. If their boobs is out every Sunday, they're trying to tell you something. That when I'm not around, more of it is out. When you're not there. I can't get amens on that. Amen. Amen. So we want to make sure that we get a good understanding and not leave. Amen. Because a lot of them are just, when they see the older women doing it, they think they can. I thank God we don't have a hoochie church in here. First Timothy 2 and 9, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness, shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broaded hair or gold or pearls or costly array. This scripture, please use it in balance. They were wearing things that were offered to false gods for attention to try to get men, men's attention. And that's what he was talking about. So make sure you get a good understanding of what he's saying. Wearing clothes to attract attention or tempt others causes us to be what? Stumbling blocks. Yes, stumbling blocks. You come to church sexy, you are a stumbling block. That's what lasciviousness is. Causing someone else to lust or sin. Amen. Showing your men too. All on the internet. Showing your body, your chest, your muscles, everything, flexing and all that junk, all of that's lasciviousness because you are causing other people to stumble. Women too, selfies, amen. amen. Keep your camera right here. Don't be selfieing up here. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You know, you know, and you know when you do it, don't act like you don't. Right. Oh, that's not appropriate. You know it, but it's causing other people to lust. Which is perversion. Yeah, you just you working for Satan. You supposed to be a Christian? You causing people to fall? All oh, people don't like this message. You should see some of the looks I'm getting. Turn around and look. Yeah, some of these folk ain't with this one right here, Jack. I can't help it if I'm fine. Yes, you can. Yes, you you can help it. Yes, you can. Put it up. Just put that up. Some things are inappropriate to wear, and careful consideration for others should be taken when we dress to come together. 
you know, man, I've been doing this a long time, y'all. I've been doing it about 20 years. I really have. If I could tell you how many fathers and mothers that I've told that dress in a certain way and not caring about it when the child is 9, 10, 11, that's going to turn into something when they get 14, 15, and 16 that you're not going to be able to control. Oh, no, 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 Doc. I, no, uh-uh. The Bible said, okay, okay. 16, 17 comes. I don't know what to do. She's, she's jumping out the window, sneaking out at night in heat. Where did that come from? Oh, yeah, let it get quiet. Yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't put reins on 16-year-olds. That has to happen when they're eight, nine. You don't lay down the law at 16. It doesn't take. It's like trying to put a curl over a perm, Jack. It ain't going to take. How long you leave them rollers in? The ghetto analogies. Where do they come from? I don't know. Yeah, but it's not. It's too late. I got videos about it. Teen dating, all that. I got videos about it. Amen. But see, that's, amen. Man, folk don't listen to me. They don't listen till it's too late. Yeah. I said, man, I, I kind of see your daughter. You know, she got a little, you, you kind of making her up a little too soon. She's just 12, 13. You already got lipstick and junk on. I said, you, you know, you better watch that. Oh, well, this is the new day. This is, okay. No, okay, new day. 16 roll around, Jack. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been doing this a long time, and there are thousands of examples of what I'm talking about right now. Thousands. I have thousands. Wearing clothes to attract attention or tempt others causes us to be stumbling blocks. Some things are inappropriate to wear, and careful consideration for others should be taken when we dress to come together. 1 Corinthians 89. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty or freedom of yours becomes a what? Stumbling block to them that are what? Weak. So you're free to wear what you want to wear, but you don't want to wear something that's going to be a stumbling block to someone else. Cause someone else to fall while you standing tall. That's what the Bible says. God deserves all the glory when we are assembled together and no one should be glorified for superficial reasons. We should be able to wear what we are blessed to wear, but never forget the reason why we are coming together. Romans 15. Five and six. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be what? Like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. That ye may with what? One mind and one mouth glorify God. Even the Father of our Lord Jesus. That's what this is all about. Being one mind. One mouth. That's what glorifies God. One body. One belief. Boy, I know this message was hardcore for somebody. But it's the truth. Summary! There are no biblical passages that stipulate how one should dress when coming together for church services. And we have freedom here at ABC. Some folks got on ties looking good. Some people just chilling with the, with the knit. Some people just chilling with just a, you know, just a baseball top or whatever. Some people chilling with a cast on their arm, just whatever. I mean, people just chilling. His cast match. Look at me. He matched it. Dude, you rocking. You rocking that cast. Straight rocking it a lot of people can't do that brother coordinated jack yeah but we all in here everybody in here you know brother got the bomber leather on just chilling i mean you know it's never a brother brother uh, the, the the pastor over here rocking camo sometimes he's decked in the suit whatever that's 
the way we are here, okay? But it's not like this everywhere, amen? So you don't go to your mom and daddy's church dressed like one of the Dallas Cowboys on the field. <laughs> Helmet and everything. Teeth guard, everything. I'm going to show them that clothes don't matter. <laughs> But y'all understand what I'm saying. When you go to your parents' church, if they dress up, dress up. The rest don't matter. The idea of dressing up for church derived from a misinterpretation of Genesis 35. In this passage, God told Jacob to dwell in Bethel. He said to honor God by getting rid of the strange gods, make yourself pure and change your garments. This passage was speaking of changing out of garments that had pagan ties to false gods. Many believe that when they come to Christ, they must dress up in new clothes or better clothes because of this passage. Although dressing up for church is a tradition, it is not a biblical mandate. And though we desire to look our best when we come together, we should check our motives to make sure we are not desiring to garner the attention of others. We must make sure that the inside is pure so that the outside may reflect it. Amen? You can keep putting clothes on a hoochie all you want, but if Hoochie is in her heart, Hoochie's going to come out. That's why you need to deal with the heart. There's something wrong with the inside if it's reflected on the outside. Amen? We must make sure that the inside is pure so that the outside may reflect it. When people dress to entice or get attention, then the motive of the heart is not pure. The whole purpose of the passage in Genesis was for Jacob to purify his family and live for God. So, if we desire to have a change of garment, then we must first have a what? Change of heart. A pure heart will be reflected outwardly in the way we dress and the reasoning behind the clothing that we choose. We should never attempt to get attention in the place of worship, but we should always, with a pure heart, give God all the glory when we come together. James, two and one, my brethren, have not the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of, with respect of persons. So, so don't even come in here trying to be a Christian if you have respect of persons. For if they're coming to you, your assembly, a man with a gold ring, in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, that's what they wearing a lot of now, gay clothing, and say unto him, sit thou here in a good place and say to the poor, stand out there or sit here under my footstool. Oh, that's happening in a lot of churches. Are ye not then partial in yourselves? And this is the worst part. Are ye become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs? Of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him, but ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seat? Do not uh, they blind, blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect of persons, respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. So we don't make a difference with what people wear, and we don't try to make the difference with what we're wearing. Because when we come together, it's all about God and the fellowship of like-minded believers. Amen? Everyone stand to your feet.
these kind of messages strike people differently because of your background, where you came from, how you were raised, all of those things. But I want to still get on the same page with everyone in here. This is not a place where just because I dress like this, you have to dress like this. Or just because I may wear something comfortable because I'm playing the keyboard and I'm preaching or whatever and this is just comfortable to me, um, it doesn't mean you have to wear it. But then we also want to know our limits because we don't want to try to outshine anyone and we definitely don't want to try to garner attention by showing our body or showing our muscles or showing this or that. Amen? Because those things are not important either. We want to come together and be in like mind, one mind, as believers, like-minded believers, adamant believers. That's the way we want this church to go. So whether, no matter how you dress, no matter how you look, it's not about that in here. But it's about what God is doing and about fellowshipping one with another. Amen? You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.